Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandian. The greatest thing that God desires to do for you after you've been born again is to turn into a disciple. This is your choice. Just like salvation's your choice, this is your choice. And Abram faced that one day when God said, if you'll do one thing, I promise I'll do eight things for you. Abandon everything and follow after me and I will make you great. Same thing that God wants to do for you today. Let's find out about it from the Word of God. For more than 40 years, Bob Yandian has been an expositor of the Bible making seemingly complicated doctrine easy to understand. Grab your Bible and something to take notes with and study the Word of God with Pastor Bob Yandian. Hi, I'm Pastor Bob Yandian. Welcome back again to Student of the Word. And I began a series yesterday that'll go yesterday and today, two parts, out of Genesis chapter 12, verses one and two, where Abram had his call not to receive the Lord, that had already happened. What he got was in chapter 12 of Genesis was the call for discipleship. What are you gonna do after you've received me? And uh, that's the growth that God has for us. Listen, God's intention is not to just put babies in this earth, is to put adults into this earth. His call is not just to put converts in the earth, but to put disciples into this earth. And that's why after we are born again, God has a plan for our life. It's much like people say, you know, have you accepted Jesus? Yeah, yeah. Have you done anything since then? No, no, no. That's what I'm here for is to accept Jesus. No, you're here to reproduce yourself. Converts go to heaven, but disciples take people with them. And this is what you're called to do is to, is to raise up other believers and also disciples. And that's what we're to do in the Christian life. This is what God told Abram. In fact, what I, the offer that I have here is grace for growth. Not only does there grace, grace for salvation, but God has grace after that. In fact, there's other grace. The New Testament talks about that not only we have grace, but we have other grace, other grace besides the one that we've had, increasing grace, growing grace. And this is why God talks about it, exceedingly growing in faith and in grace with God. And this grace that God offered to Abram was this. I want you to leave the security of your home, your country and relatives. Let's read the scripture together. Genesis 12 verses one and two. The Lord had said to Abram, get out of your country, away from your relatives, your father's house, into a land that I will show you. I will make out of you a great nation. I will bless you, make your name great, and you shall be a blessing. And so God told him to do one thing. And God said, if you do, I will do eight things for you. So leave the security of your home, your country, and your relatives. In other words, turn your total dependence away from those things you've had up until now and follow me. This is what discipleship is. And so Abram partially obeyed, took his father and nephew with him. But of course, there came a time when finally all this was over. This was a discipleship, a test of our love for God as it was in Abram, a test of his love for God. We are to leave mothers, fathers, wives, country and possessions. Jesus told us that. And whether it literally means to leave the city you're in and go to another city, that may be for God to tell you. But in other words, you leave your dependence on these things to them, and you now become utterly dependent upon the Lord Jesus Christ. And so again, now that we're born again, God says again, he wants to do as he did for Abram. He wants to do eight things for us. For And again, this becomes uh, for us to be totally obedient to him. One, the first thing that God told Abram to do was, first of all, I'll show you a land. 
This is the leading of the Holy Spirit. God will lead new converts, but the main thing he leads is those that are disciples. Discipleships includes God showing and telling you things. I've heard ministers say this, well, God's never told me anything. I don't believe that. I believe some of the things that you wanted to do, the things you have, ask yourself a question, was there peace surrounding it when you made that decision? That is leadership of the Holy Spirit, but he also can give you specific guidance. And this is a monopoly for believers again, is this guidance. Specific guidance tomorrow is based on obedience today. And so the second thing he said he would do for him was number two was, I will make out of you a great nation. And we talked about the two nations came out from Abram. Number one is the sands of the sea here on the earth, but number two is the stars of the heaven. The sand of the sea represent the Jewish physical nation. They are on this earth. But the second one is that he is a heavenly uh, nation and that nation is what we call today the church, but it's always been the believers in this earth that have placed their trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. And so Abram started out as a Gentile and faith turned him into a Jew. He became the first Jew, but his faith in the Lord is what turned him into a Jew. And our faith in the Lord is what turns us into the spiritual seed of Abraham, turns us into the stars of heaven. And again, he said of the stars of heaven of this one, he said that I, in you shall all nations be blessed, not just the Jewish nation, but all nations would be blessed. And that comes by putting our faith and trust in Jesus Christ. Next of all, he said, the third thing, and this is where we left off yesterday, I will bless you. All blessings, spiritual and natural, come from God in our life. You think you've been blessed because you've been born again? It doesn't stop there. There's more blessings where this comes from, but the first blessings we receive because we just put our faith and trust in Jesus. The second set of blessings that God has for us has to do with our obedience to God himself. This has to do with growth, and there's more blessings where that came from. Think about this. When you got born again, you became a citizen of heaven, a child of of God. Uh, heaven was belongs to you. Hell no longer is even on the scope. You are not going to go to hell. Next of all, you're no longer spiritually dead. You become alive in Jesus Christ. You're no longer a child of the devil. You're a child of God. Jesus Christ is your elder brother. And I mean, we could go on and on from there of all the things that happened to you the moment that you were born again. But there's more blessings. And this comes blessings that are connected to obedience. And just like Abram's blessings were connected to his obedience, he had to accept the will of God and walk in it. Us too, the blessings of Abraham might come on the Gentiles is what it says in Genesis. If we walk with God, then the blessings of Abraham will come upon us. If we don't walk with God, the blessings of Abraham will not come on us. Yes, we'll have the blessings of Jesus Christ. We are children of God going to heaven, all the things we mentioned before, but there's blessings in life. God doesn't want us to get saved and then just grit our teeth for the rest of our life. He wants us to be blessed in life. He wants us to enjoy life. And there's so much more that God has for us, especially leading other people to the Lord, fulfilling spiritual things in our life. And that's why he promises us if we will accept the will of God in the book of Galatians and walk in that, the blessings of Abraham might come upon us. The fourth thing he said was, I love this one. I will make your name great. 
This is our reputation on the earth as followers of God. The word name doesn't necessarily mean your physical name, although that does apply. What we're talking about here is he said, I will make your reputation great. You've heard this before. Well, boy, he surely made a name for himself, didn't he? Well, they don't mean Jim or Bill or Mary. That's not what they're talking about. Making a name for yourself simply means your reputation has gone out and your reputation should be built on such things as honesty, integrity, keeping your word. And God said, you follow after me, I will make your name great. This is our reputation in the earth as followers of God. Did you know God has a name? The Bible says he's exalted his word above his name. That doesn't mean the name Jehovah or the name Adonai. It doesn't mean that's not the name he's referring to. It simply means he has lifted up his word above his very reputation. And God is very concerned about his reputation. Whenever they came to the promised land and the, the, the two spies went into the promised land and went into Jericho and came to the house of Rahab, she said, huh, your reputation precedes you, man. The moment God split the Red Sea, we knew this place belonged to you. God had a reputation that came in there. And here they were fearing these people, looking at them as just as just a natural race on this earth. No, they looked at the God that was behind them and they suddenly realized it. We've been out there for 40 years thinking that you, that we were afraid of you and your giants were gonna kill us. And all this time we find out your giants were shaking in their boots because of our God. So this was again the name that God had. So God has exalted his word above his very reputation and God has a great reputation. He wants us to have a great reputation where your name will be known as followers of Jesus Christ. You know, when my mom died, just before she did, uh, we prayed with her. And so uh, she'd been asking us if we would pray for her that she would die because she was tired of living. And we said, I told mom, I said, I can't even pray that prayer. My sister said, why don't you pray? We'll agree with you. She prayed, and this was the essence of her prayer. She said, Sam and I were the first ones in our family, me and mine and him that accepted Jesus. She said, all our relatives didn't know the Lord. We did this. She says, and because we accepted the Lord, we had two children, a boy and a girl, both accepted you as Lord and Savior. My son's now in the ministry and my daughter loves the Lord. And she works in a church too, and she's helping in the church. Next of all, we had grandchildren. She said, of my grandchildren, I have one that's called into the ministry, another one that's a call for praise and worship. Our children are affected this. And she said, and now she said, uh, there's grandchildren children coming beyond that, great-grandchildren coming beyond that. And she talked about this and she said, Lord, I think we've done our part. And I thought about that. There is her reputation. There is the name that God promised her. I'll make your name great. But it started when two people accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And from there started a whole new essence of our family. So the reputation we have on this earth as followers of God. Dignity is restored as reproach is taken away. And the reproach you've probably had in your life up until now is taken away and God will restore that and actually bring dignity in its place and give you a reputation in this earth. So the more, most important thing to God is not a title. I go to churches and in black churches, especially they want you to be a bishop. You come to a white church, they want you to be a doctor and they look for, and they, where's the name doctor in front of your name? Or where's the word bishop in front of your name? And you know, or else they want to call you an apostle or a prophet or an evangelist or things like that. And those names are fine. But the one I want to really get into, first of all, is that word doctor. I have for years been approached by people that said, we want to give you an honorary doctorate degree. And I said, I don't want it. I'm sorry. Well, we don't understand. Why don't you want to take it? I said, I don't want, I like it when I go to a meeting and all the speakers name there have Dr. So-and-so, Dr. So-and-so, Dr. So-and-so, and down at the bottom it says Bob Yandian. I said, I love that. I don't need that. You know what God said to Abram? I'll make your name great. 
We don't have to attach the name doctor in front of it or bishop in front of it or apostle in front of it. We don't have to do that. I will make the name of Abraham great. Think about this. His name is Abraham, not Dr. Abraham, not Bishop Abraham, not Apostle Abraham. Those are not it. And even when it comes to the Apostle Paul, we refer to him as the Apostle Paul, but he's just Paul. He started out as Saul, then he became Paul and mentioned that in many of his, his, his books. It comes back to this again. God will make your name great. You don't need to attach something to the front of it. On top of that, I'm not sure the name doctor, bishop, or whatever you have attached to your name goes with you to heaven. It stays here in this earth. So again, God said he would make your name great, and a title is not that important. Exodus chapter 18 and verse 21 says this. He said to Moses when looking for those leaders in the land, he said, don't look for those that are seeking titles. Exodus 18, 21, that's what the Hebrew of it says. So you don't have to try to build your legacy. A title is not an open door. Obedience opens doors. Maturity opens doors, not a title. We often think, well, if I had doctor attached to my name, it would help to open up doors for me to get into. Listen, if God doesn't open up a door, a title certainly is gonna open up a door. Think about this, a Paul and Peter and others like that. Think about that. Think about this, Jesus. There's no title in front of that. He wasn't Dr. Jesus. He was just Jesus. And that's important to understand. I will make your name great. And the fifth one, I'll make you a blessing. Abram was blessed by God so he could be a blessing. People rejoice to even see Abraham coming. And Lord, if you're going to bless anybody, bless them through me. That was the prayer of Abraham. And God did that. He says, I will make you a blessing. And the point of it is, is we don't need to try to make ourselves a blessing. We just do what we're supposed to do, love on people and all that. God is the one that turns us into a blessing. In fact, one day when people start to say, you're just such a blessing, you think, how? How is that possibly? I wasn't trying to be a blessing. I was just doing what God asked me to do. And I'm doing these things out of love. And that's what happens. People see you as a blessing. God said he would do that to Abraham. We'll talk more about this when we come back. We've covered five of the eight points. There's three more yet to go. As soon as we get back from halftime, I'll see you. The Beatitudes are the introduction to the Sermon on the Mount in Matthew chapter 5. They are divided into two sections, being hearers and being doers of God's Word. In this seven-lesson series titled Grace for Growth, Bobby Andian breaks down the Beatitudes and explains the steps to spiritual maturity. Grace for Growth is available as a seven-CD series for $30 or as an MP3 download for $15. To order, visit our website at bobyandian.com. Bob Yandian Ministries is training up a new generation in the Word of God. Because of your generosity and faithfulness, this teaching ministry is able to change countless lives. You will never know until you get to heaven how many people received Jesus, were filled with the Holy Spirit, healed, or found God's will for their life through your support and prayers. If you would like to become a partner with Bob Yandian, visit our website at bobyandian.com and click on Partnership. 
Hi, this is Pastor Bob Yandy. And pastors, ministers, I know many of you would like to have some evening classes. Maybe you don't have enough in the congregation to really have fellowships, home groups, things like that. But this is the most important. This is supplemental the Word of God. I have a curriculum series, 10 30-minute uh, lessons on video, as well as my book on end times that goes along with it, a teaching on the subject of probably one that pastors fear the most is end times. Don't understand it. With all the different viewpoints today, I come back to the basic of what the Word of God says. There is a rapture of the church coming, and seven years later after that, Jesus is coming back to establish His millennial kingdom on this earth. And so much is taught in the Word of God about the simplicity of what God is saying. Once you understand it, then it seems like confusion is gone. If you'd like to do this, you might have a time where you do it over a two-week period, five nights a week, or spread it out into 10 weeks, whatever you would like to do. I know it'll be a great blessing to you. And on top of that, your congregation will come out smarter on the other end, and you'll look good because you brought it into the church. See about having this series just for yourself. Back to the eight points that God said he would do for Abram. If Abram would do one thing, leave everything, I'll give you these eight things, I'll bless you. But these are attached to obedience. The first blessings in our life are simply attached to our faith in Jesus Christ and he just floods us with blessings, but there's more where that came from. And these are attached to, again, following the Lord or discipleship. The first thing he says, I will show you a land, that's guidance. The Holy Spirit wants to bring guidance into our life. The second thing he says, I'll make out of you a great nation. Two great nations actually came out of him. And this great nation that God was referring to that would be an eternal race would be those of every kindred, tribe, tongue, and nation that would accept the Lord as Savior. And Abram saw that, and that would be like the stars of the heaven. The sands of the sea represented the Jewish nations here on earth, an earthly nation, but there's a heavenly nation that God wants to make. He says, in you shall all nations be blessed. Number three said, I will bless you. So blessing, spiritual and natural come from God, and God said he would bless him. So, and on top of that, those blessings can come to us because Galatians says when we have faith and trust in Jesus Christ, the blessings of Abraham can come upon us. Number four, I'll make your name great. We took this up here in the first half of the broadcast, and that is your reputation on earth as followers of God. God takes away the reproach and gives you dignity and all of a sudden begins to make your reputation great. We don't have to try to attach anything to that. Again, I mentioned doctor and bishop. If you have those titles, that's fine, but don't trust your title, trust God. And it's not your title that opens doors, it's your faithfulness. It is your dependability with God. And God looks at that and that that following of him will open up doors for you. So you don't even have to try to build a, a legacy. God will see to it. Titles don't open doors. Obedience opens doors. Number five, I will make you a blessing. And God promised he would do that. And Abram was blessed because of what God did. I will make you a blessing. Don't try to be a blessing to somebody and purposely do that to try to get your name great. No, just do it because you love people and you love God and he will see to it that you become a blessing. Number six is this, I will bless those that bless you. God says in this verse of scripture is, those people that bless you, I'm gonna bless them. Those people that work with you, in other words, this is blessings by association. Those people who associate with you, I'm gonna bless them. I'll bless those who bless you. So because Jesus Christ was his savior or the Lord was his savior and his protector, Abraham saw that others were blessed through him. Those that stood by him, even those that were around him that might've been carnal like Lot, they were still blessed because they were around him. 
the New Testament tells us in a home that a husband can be blessed because of a believing wife. We find this with Joseph in Potiphar's house. And him being that way, he blessed the whole house and Potiphar turned the running of the house over to him because to have Joseph in there was a blessing. You realize if you're a born again, spirit-filled, and you are a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, wherever you work, you become a blessing to them. And their business is blessed because you're around. Your family's blessed because you're around. So this is blessings by association. And it's fine to hang on coattails for a while. You understand what I'm talking about? There's people that follow my ministry and oftentimes tell me, you know, I preach your stuff and don't often take time to, to thank you and to tell people where I'm getting it from. I said, hey, listen, a lot of the people I follow, I never give them credit. You know why? Because I found out later on they got it from somebody who got it from somebody. So just preach it because eventually you get back, it came from the Holy Spirit in the first place. So blessings by association. It's fine again to hang on my coattails. I've hung on to others' coattails, use my shoulders to stand on, preach my sermons. I don't care because it's not mine. I don't have a copyright on it. And on top of that, the Holy Spirit doesn't have a copyright on it. He simply preaches it and shares it to everybody. Every scripture can be used. Every promise can be used. And the Holy Spirit doesn't say you owe me money for that. No, or you owe me to, to where you, you brag about me. I'm going to brag about Jesus. I'm going to use his messages. I'm going to use things from the word of God and other sermons I have heard that are a blessing to me. I'll use also. So God said again here, he would bless those who blessed Abraham. Number seven, I'll curse those who curse you. You know what this is? It's not so much that God pronounces a cursing on people. It's his protection protection over us. And so I'll curse those who curse you. The Lord saved Abraham and protected him in battle, in tongues wagging about him, in kings coming against him in others around him who turned against him, God protected. I don't think we'll understand till we get to heaven one day how much protection God had for us in life and understand this, that I didn't even know these things were happening. God off, off on the sidelines was protecting me. When I get to heaven, he'll show me things in my life. He said, I was over here protecting you from it. This happened throughout the word of God. And we're even told in Proverbs that oftentimes as we're going through life, things will be happening over here on the side and Satan will get wrapped up in his own trap. He laid for us and we just keep on walking by. I think we are in essence the the uh, the roadrunner that runs right by while the coyote's getting all wrapped up in his own devices he's made for us. So it comes back to this. God can defend himself, but God can defend you. You don't have to defend yourself. Elisha's army surrounds you where you can't even count the number of chariots and horsemen that are around you. And then finally, number eight was this, in you shall all families of the earth be blessed. This has to do with those who put their faith and trust in the same Lord that Abraham put his trust in. So he said, in you shall all families of the earth be blessed. And this is showing something here. From you is gonna come a natural race called the Jewish nation, but from you also is gonna come to where all families around the earth can be blessed by your faith in the Lord. And to prove this, Abram was not a Jew when he first met the Lord. He was from Ur of the Chaldees. He was a Chaldean. And so he put his faith and trust in the Lord and became the first Jew, which shows that the first Jew was actually miraculous. He was a Gentile that one day was turned into a Jew by his faith in the Lord. And here's what happens. Bob, in this natural earth down here, accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, and I become part of the seed of Abraham. I'm not a physical Jew. 
People often say, well, you're a spiritual Jew. I guess maybe that could be true. But on the other side of it, no, I'm attached to Jesus Christ. I am part of the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. And I have joined that realm up there of all the stars of heaven that the Lord showed to Abram and said, this is what your seed is gonna be like. The sand of the earth, that's the Jewish nation. But the stars of the heaven, that's a spiritual race. And that's gonna come from you also. So Abraham's life is an example of faith today to every single nation. He's the father of all who believe, not just to the Jewish nation. Our life can and should be an example and a blessing to others. Even after we are gone, our life is more than physical because this promise in you shall all families of the earth be blessed. Abram didn't get to see this. Abraham never saw all these ripples going out after he died like a rock hitting water. That's not what happened. Even David had this. God said after you, and literally what happened was David became a standard for all of the kings after him, and David didn't live to see it. But when you follow after God and do what he asks you to do, it's like dropping a rock in water and the ripples go out long after the fact that you are gone. Turn with me to Luke chapter 14. I wanna apply this to your own personal life where Jesus spoke to those that were following after him. And this application is brought out. And here he says in Luke chapter 14, verse 25 through verse 27, it says, now great multitudes went with him. The difference between multitudes and great multitudes, I read at one time, they said multitudes probably were in 10 to 15,000. But when it said great multitudes, this is over 100,000 people at one time. And Jesus spoke to this great multitude and said to them, he turned and said to them, if anyone comes to me and does not hate his father and his mother, his wife, his children, his brothers and sisters, yes, and his own life also, he cannot be my disciple. And whoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. I want to qualify this statement. He didn't literally mean hate your mother and father. He simply means that if it comes to a choice between your mother and father or following me, follow me. Put me above everything. I want to be the treasure of your life. I want to be the highest thing in your life. I want you to fall back on that verse of scripture in Matthew. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, then all these other things will be added unto you. And he simply came back to this. I, I want you to turn from your mother and father as far as protection, as far as your, uh, your confidence in them and put your full confidence in me, just like he said to Abram back there in chapter 12 of Genesis. And when he says, hate your mother and father, children, all that, he didn't mean to hate them. He simply meant don't let them have control over your life. And I want you to know something else. He didn't say, I want you to hate your mother, father, wife, children, brothers, and sisters, your own life also, otherwise you can't be my convert. This has nothing to do with your salvation. He said, you cannot be my disciple. Discipleship comes from the day we say to the Lord, I trust you for everything. I turn loose of everything. Father, everything I've had my natural trust in is gone. I'm putting my full trust in you for spiritual and natural things. God even said to Abraham in chapter 14 of the book of Genesis, he said, I will be your shield and your exceeding great reward when he gave the tithe back to that king and he gave him tithes of all. It says there of, of Melchizedek, he gave him tithes, but it also says of that king he gave to him. And this king was wicked, but all the king was trying to do was use that money to separate the, and he get the people and, and, and Abraham could have the money. Abraham said, no, give me the people, I'll give you the money. 
people is what we use money for, to see them get born again, spirit-filled, things of life that are so important. And that's why he says here again, he cannot be my disciple. What God is simply saying is a disciple has his full trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. We not only accept Jesus as our savior, we receive him as our Lord. Then he goes on to say, and whosoever does not bear his cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. What's he saying? I want you to notice something here because you say, well, Jesus bore the cross. I don't bear the cross. He didn't say Jesus cross. He said, whosoever does not bear his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple. Jesus is not teaching here on becoming a convert, a brand new Christian, but going beyond that to become a disciple. Picking up your cross is part of discipleship. A cross is for your flesh to die on. A cross is something you are free to pick up, free to lay down, or free never to pick up at all. What was on Jesus' cross will never be on your cross. Don't you tell me this thing, well, this besetting sin, I've always had problems with this sin. I guess that's my cross to bear. No, the sin was placed on Jesus' cross. Well, this disease is part of my faith. No, disease was placed on his cross. Your cross is for flesh to die on. Jesus Christ died for our redemption. What's on his cross will not be on our cross and what's on our cross he will not bear. Your cross is your personal responsibility, your accountability to God. I mentioned this about about Abraham, that when he did this and became this full disciple of the Lord, he affected generations after him. This is exactly what happens. When you go to the cross, your own personal cross and pick that thing up and understand this is for my flesh to die on today, my own personal desires, my own personal way of looking at life. I wanna completely submit myself to the Lord Jesus Christ. This is where discipleship comes. Acts chapter 13 and verse 36 says this, David, after he had served his own generation by the will of God, fell asleep, was buried with his fathers and saw corruption. David affected his generation, but he's still known today. Abram affected his generation, he's still known today because after they died and they served their generation like a rock drops straight down into the water, the ripples begin to go out and the ripples are still going out from Abraham. They're still going out from David and they can still be going out from you one day once you leave this earth. You can impact your day and those to come if you'll only choose to become a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ. See you next time. You can order resources, become a partner, or browse free articles and podcasts. You can also join our mailing list and receive weekly devotions and the latest ministry updates. Visit bobyandian.com. To contact us by mail, use the address on your screen. Thank you for watching today's broadcast. We'll see you next time on Student of the Word with Bob Yandian.